River Bank, we believe you can heal, grow, and fulfill God's plans for your life as the power of God touches you through this prophetic teaching by Pastor Dominion. Get excited and hop into it. Glory to God. Please bring out your Bibles and bring out your notepad because God has something for you. Are you ready? We started a series this um, last week titled what? Church growth, yeah. And last week we taught on what? Reaching the world for Christ. And we basically spoke about God's plan for us to reach everybody. Today we are narrowing it down to reaching millions for Christ. Say reaching millions for Christ. Some of you, this is the first time you are attributing millions to anything besides money. But we want to reach millions for Christ. And we, don't, we are not saying we want you to be a millionaire for Christ. Amen. Even though that's good and we're going to do that, isn't it? Yeah. But we want to reach millions for Christ. Open your Bible to Mark chapter 16 and we'll read verse 15. We're all going to read together. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. If you don't have a Bible, look into the Bible of your neighbor and then next week remember to bring yours. Mark 16, verse 15. Are you ready? Read together. One, two, go. Oh, we're not ready. We're not there. Mark 16, 15. Are you ready? Read together. One, two, go. One more time, Mark 16, 15, one to go. He says, go into all the world. Now, this would not be the first time that Jesus will be sending his disciples out to evangelize. But this will be the first time you will speak with some level of absoluteness. Going to all the world, everywhere. He says, preach to every creation. So he's specific. He's exact. Now, go to, let's backtrack to Matthew chapter, five, chapter 10, verse 5 to 7. Let me show you what happened the other time when he sent them out. And the kind of instruction that he gave them. Are you there? Mark 2, chapters 10, from verse 5 to verse 7. Are you there? Mark 2, 10, 5 to 7. These 12, I'm reading from the NIV, Jesus sent out with the following instruction. So, he sent them out. What's the instruction? Read everyone, want to go. He says, do not go among the Gentiles. Don't go there. Don't go to the Gentiles. Don't go to the Samaritans. Now he says, go everywhere. The first time he says, don't go everywhere. Don't go to the Gentiles, the ungodly people. Don't go to the Samaritans. Stay in Jerusalem. Stay with people that already have an affiliation with God. Stay among people that have an idea about the God you want to talk about. Stay in Jerusalem. Don't go to the Gentiles that know nothing about the covenants, that know nothing about the promise of God, that know nothing about the God of Abraham. Stay in Jerusalem. But now he says, go everywhere. Listen, many times we behave as if we are still in Matthew 10. Stay with people that already know about God. So you're comfortable sharing the word of God in devotion. I'm now beginning to shake tables. You're comfortable sharing Rema with church folks. But that's your friend that truly needs it. So, this is 
is Matthew 7, where we stay with people that have an idea. But he says, go out there. Let me show you something. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Please open your Bible. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. You guys look so good this morning. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Read together, everyone want to go. He says, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. He says, and you'll be my witnesses both in Judea and Jerusalem. Where people already have an idea. Where some people have heard about Christ. Some of them have even attended his meetings. But he said, don't stay there. He said, go to Samaria. Go to Samaria. You know the Samaritans? You know those guys that say they are Christians but they don't come to church? Amen. You have those guys. Those are Samaritans. They, they claim they know about God. So when Jesus met the Samaritan woman, she said, where are we supposed to worship? You guys say it's Jerusalem. We think it's this well. But she was living with someone that wasn't her husband. Samaritans. So they had idea about God. In fact, they had an expectation of the Messiah. She said, when the Messiah comes, he's going to answer our questions. They have an expectation. They are the people that think the church is wrong. Church is all about money. All the pastors are fake. Everything is wrong. No. Those are Samaritans. He says, go and talk to them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, let me show you something. John chapter 4, where you are. Please, just, are you in John chapter 4? John chapter 4. That's where I'm, I've been quoting from, the woman at the well. John chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 10. Are you there? John 4, 10. Are you there? Read together, everyone want to go. He says, if you know the gift of God and him that is telling you to give him water, you would ask him and you would get the water you need. The Messiah you are looking for is in front of you. The Messiah that all of you are waiting for, this is him. He says, if you know the gift of God, if you know what God wants to do in your life and who is standing in front of you, you realize your prayers have been answered. Are you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying you are the answer to the Samaritans in your life. Paul said, we plead with you on the behalf of God. Be reconciled to God. I am standing in God's stead to plead with you to come back. You are God's answer to the problem, to the questions of the Samaritans. That's what I'm saying. I know you don't feel that way. It looked like it was a coincidence that Jesus was tired. He sat at the well. His disciples went to get food. And the woman happened to come. He says, if you know the gift of God... I'm God's answer to the heart cry of people. Listen, God is extremely deliberate. Look at the coincidences that happened. For Jesus, that was just, he was going somewhere else. He just happened to pass through Samaria. Happened to stop at the well. It happened that that was when she came. But it was God's gift to her. I hear what I'm saying. So, that friend on your contacts, that person, I'm saying go and talk to them. We've handled it last week already. 
that I don't feel qualified, I don't feel holy enough, is not an answer. God doesn't look at it, it doesn't pass. That I know, I'm, not, I'm not that holy, this person already knows, it doesn't count. This woman, everybody knew her gist in the streets. But she ran back to the city of Samaria and said, is this the Christ? The Bible says everybody came out. Because you don't realize that even in your imperfection, God is walking through you. If she kept quiet and said, I'm not holy enough, they will not answer me. You will not see the power of God. The Lord is for you. I hear what I'm saying. God is for you. So that at the end, you say, I am what I am by the grace of God. Praise the name of Jesus. You are the gift of God to that person in your life. Go and talk to them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go and do what? Number two excuse, I will not pass. I don't know enough. You don't have to know. I know you are thinking, so how am I going to answer the question of this Samaritan in my life? I don't have adequate question. The woman went to evangelize in her city. And her message was, is this the Christ? I don't even know. Come, let's find out. That was her message. And she evangelized the whole city. She left Jesus, ran to her city. And said, come and see a man that's told me all I've ever done. Is this the Christ? That's her question. No, she wasn't even sure. She heard one sermon. I hear what I'm saying. But she was faithful with it. Many of us don't realize where we are at. And that's usually the problem. There's an overarching prophecy on our lives as members of this church that we are the revival, we are the move of God in our city. It's not that we came up with it and said, um, Ey, what do you think we should write as the vision of this church? What do you think is a catchy vision? No! It was what God told us he wanted to do through us. He says he would bring all of us together and as a collective body, we will shake our city. People that don't know anything about us, that don't even live in our city, know nothing, have confirmed this prophecy. Some of you have received the same word concerning this house. That we had the move of God. What are you doing with it? Now, not only do we have an overarching prophecy, we have scriptures upon scriptures upon scriptures that tell us that God wants the gospel to be famous. He wants his ideology to get preponderance in our city, amongst men, everywhere. So God is literally on your side. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Our vision is so compelling that no matter who you are, if you study the Bible well, you would know that God's obsession is saving men, isn't it? So we are literally at the center of God's will. There's no more center than where we are. We are literally doing something God is obsessed with. Then his spies at work in you. Then you know the truth of the word. There's literally nothing stopping you. Literally, the angels of the Lord, he says, they are sent to minister to those who be heirs of salvation. His angels are working with you. The Lord is for you. Christ sits in your heart. His spirit is working with you. Nothing is against you. But you see that talking, you will do the talking, no. He will not do it. You will sit down with the Samaritan and you will talk. And then he will confirm your words, not your thoughts. Not your plans, your words. He says, with signs following. Praise the name of the Lord. So he said, go and talk to the Samaritans. Then he says, and then to the uttermost part of the earth. The Gentiles, those ones that don't care about God. You know those ones? You know those people in your life that don't care about God? Yes, he says, you should go and talk to them. The time of talking to only people that will listen is past. He says, everybody. He wants all men saved. Go and talk. 
Praise the name of the Lord. We're leaning on reaching millions for Christ. You have to have that idea because that's what he wants. Everybody in your life that doesn't know this message is your responsibility. You must take it. We talked, I think, last week or so. There must be a personal project in your life. This person must be saved. This person must be saved. This person's life must change. I know you say you are praying about it. Actually pray. It's not five minutes in one week. No, every day. Praise the name of the Lord. It's, it's important. It's serious. It's serious. Time is going. Some of you, for one year, six months, you've been planning. Till today, you've not said a word to that person. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Allow God to demonstrate his own power. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says, if the Lord is for you, who can be against you? Praise the name of the Lord. So that's important. How do you reach millions for Christ? Write it down. How do you reach millions for Christ? Oh, Sakta Paratina Mahande. How do you reach? Thank you, Lord. Millions for Christ. Despise not prophecy. That's number one. Despise not what? Do not despise prophecy. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 20. Please open your Bibles. First Thessalonians. And chapter 5 and verse 20. First Thessalonians 5.20. Are you there? Read together, everyone want to go. Uh-uh, you are not there yet. First Thessalonians 5.20. Are we all there now? I'll give you 30 more seconds. Move, move, move. Are you ready now? Read together, everyone want to go. Do not despise prophecy or prophesying. He says, don't treat it as little. Don't treat it lightly. Eh, God has a plan for our lives and it's to make the gospel popular in our city. Okay. No, don't take, take it as a serious matter. Take it as a matter of urgency. Are you hear what I'm saying? Take it as a matter of urgency. Personalize it in your life. That in my own life, I hear what I'm saying? That this overarching prophecy, in my, it's my prophecy. You don't get it. You have to accept it as your own personal prophecy that in my life, God has called me to make people know about him. People will not be ignorant where I am. They will not. I would excel in my business. I would excel in my career. I would excel in my finances. I would excel in my family life. But ministry, I would also excel. On my account, people would know the gospel. Listen, I don't know how you look at these things. But there are certain things I see that trigger me. I read some time ago that when um, um, Rehard Bonke passed on. You, how many of you know Rehard Bonke? Let me start from there. All right, he was an evangelist, all right? That through his ministry, because they were taking record, through his ministry, about 79 million people got saved. One person, no, one person, one person, 79 million, reaching the millions for Christ. Meaning it's possible. It's possible. When he passed on and somebody else, you know, carried the ministry after him, that one said, my record, I'm going to increase it. I'm going to reach more people. Talk about spurring one another to love and good works. What are you doing? Who are you talking to? Who has improved on account of you? This is July, right? Who has improved on your account? Time is going, no. We just said Happy New Year. Some days ago. Now, people are already preparing for Christmas. Praise the name of the Lord. 
don't despise prophecy. Accept it as yours. Accept the possibility in your life. The first step is to accept that it's possible in my own life. Are you hear what I'm saying? In my own life. It doesn't matter what happens. On my accounts, many will know the gospel. Are you hear what I'm saying? Numbers 13, 30. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30. Open your Bibles and read. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30. Thank you, Lord. Despise not what? All right. Numbers 13 verse 30. Read together, everyone. Want to go? I didn't hear you. Everybody wants to go. Caleb, Caleb said to Moses, he says, we are able to go and take this land though. He says, we can. We can. This was a prophecy that God gave Abraham. This was a word that God gave Moses. Caleb accepted it. He accepted it as his. He says, let's go. We can take this land. We can take the millions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? We can take, we can reach millions for Christ. We can. We can. We can. The first step in making sure that you don't despise prophecy is that you are ready to take steps. Are you hear what I'm saying? You are actually ready to do what it takes. You have said in your business, I want to become this in the next five years, and you are ready. Whatever it takes, I will do it. The same mindset, bring it into ministry. Whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. Praise the name of the Lord. So in reaching out to millions, first step is what? Is what? All right. Number two. Advocacy. Say advocacy. Or you can title it, ready for advocacy. To be ready as an advocate. What's the meaning of Advocacy. Advocacy means to make a public submission of a claim. To stand for, stand by, a, to make a public submission of a claim. Meaning, I'm not just believing and fighting for this idea in my mind. I'm out there. I'm open about believing this claim. Do you get what I'm saying? That's advocacy. So, you can't keep keeping quiet. You must be ready to be loud. You must be bold. You must be notorious for this idea. Let me tell you what I'm saying. It means that when people talk about the gospel, the church, the faith that you claim to believe, open your mouth and talk. Open your mouth and do what? Contribute to the narrative. Contribute to the conversation. That's what I'm saying. You must be an advocate. You must be ready to defend this gospel. First Peter chapter 5. Sorry, is it First Peter 3, 18, um, 15? Open your Bibles. First Peter chapter 3. I think it's verse 15. Thank you, Lord Jesus. First Peter 3, 15. Read together, one, two, go. All right. 
He said, but sanctify the Lord in your heart. Sanctify the Lord in your heart. See him as Lord. See Christ as Lord. So that's the first step. Let me tell you something. Many people think the first step in advocacy is that I'm angry about the issue. I cannot take it. No, that's not the first step. That's not the first step in being a Christian advocate. And this is why many of us are not advocates for the gospel. Because we feel like, I get what they did and it's extremely wrong. You know, but I don't feel like, I'm angry, I want to talk about it. So we don't talk about it. We think advocates are always angry. They're always angry. They wake up angry, always on the wrong side of the bed, always angry. And so we are waiting until we're angry. We're like, it's wrong. Oh, I don't like it. But I'm not gingered enough to talk. No, that's not the first step. He said the first step is see Christ as Lord. Decide that you will be an advocate. Decide that Christ orders your life, that his instructions are your priority. His Lord, anything he says. So if he says to be an advocate, I will be. Are you know what I'm saying? If he says to be an advocate, I will be. So that's the first step. Let me tell you something. For example, with prayer, many times when you want to pray, you don't feel, oh, let me pray. Sometimes you feel cold. But as you're praying and praying and praying, you know those moments, and then you're feeling it. So it didn't start with feeling it. It started with praying. So you don't start advocacy because you are angry. You just start because you ought to start. After a while, it will carry you. You understand what I'm saying? So that's what's going to happen. That's how advocacy works. Praise the name of the Lord. Then the second step in advocacy is, he said, look at your Bibles. He says, be ready to give an answer. Oh, you didn't get it. It means when you say there's a Samaritan in your life. How many of you remember Samaritan? He says, be ready. Rehearse your answer. Know what you are going to tell the person. He says, be prepared. The person has one question. Why don't you have the answer? It's one question. When Jesus met the Samaritan, she had one question. Are we to worship here or in the mountain? Many people have just one question, have one issue with the church, or one major issue. How long does it take to get an answer? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, let me tell you something. Listen, listen. Pay attention. Because Christianity is not a lie, you are actually able to give correct answers. There's nothing we're hiding, no. There's nothing we're hoping people don't find out in Christianity. So, we can actually answer their question. There's an answer. You just don't know it. So, he says, be ready. Have you sat down to study it? I will do it. I will do it. When? Now is five years. I will do it. When? Sit down and study it. Ask your questions. Thank God the Quip Conference is coming. Ask your questions. You saw that promo, Abby? I'm just kidding. Ask your questions. Have the answer and approach the person. There's no copyright in Christianity. All of us is what they thought we are teaching. It's not it's my revelation. You cannot carry it to somebody else. No. There's no plagiarism. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 15, the things that we have Received. He says the same thing, right, than passing on to you. It's not like I didn't form anything. He told Timothy, the things you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. He said, go and tell other people. He didn't say, make sure you reference me. No, no photo credits, no nothing, no. Just copy and give like that, simple. So, the Bible is not even saying you should figure out the answer on your own. You can ask. And when you get it, you go and give them. So why are you not asking? What, what exactly is the problem? 
Why are we not reaching out to people? I think it's because we've not decided. Because the Bible says you should prepare for it. Prepare for it. Study other advocates. Study people that are loud and bold about God, about their faith. Because examples are very powerful. How are they answering questions? You understand their rationale. Do you get what I'm saying? You understand how their trajectory. You are intelligent about it. Praise the name of the Lord. Because some of you, let me tell you something. If you come and ask me questions, I will give you answers that would help you answer the questions of people. Because I have more experience, I know that there's a way you can answer the question to lead to arguments. There are scriptures you can use that will lead to arguments. And there are scriptures that are clear. There are scriptures that have so many things you have to unravel, open, say this one means this, 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 before you now get to the final bus stop. And there are some that are clear. You will know these things by studying advocates. Praise the name of Jesus. The late Ravi Zechariah, how many of you know him? All right, he was an apologetics. It means he was, he was doing this thing I'm saying you should do. He was defending the Christian faith. He said before he started, he sat down and wrote questions that he believed people would ask him and found answers to them. Such that throughout his career, there's nobody that asked him a question and say, hey, I've never thought about it all. Because if you listen to how he answers questions, you know he has premeditated his answer. It's discipline. It's exhaustive. It's a preoccupation. He says, be ready to answer. Praise the name of the Lord. Study people that are loud about their church, about their pastor. So that it will help you see opportunities in your life to do the same thing. It's not only important to copy people's steps and do what they got to get their testimonies. No. Study advocates. He says, be ready. Is that okay? And then the final thing he says there is, do it with meekness and with fear so that you will not blow somebody one day. It's not as you. <laughs> Had, did you see the way Jesus spoke with those Pharisees? He was answering their questions, answering their questions. You ask him, you answer them. He knew they were dubious, he would answer them. One time they asked him a question. He answered with a question. <laughs> you know when you get to that point in a discussion. He answered with a question. They said, we don't know the answer. He himself, he, himself, he said, I don't know the answer too. Do it with meekness. The Bible says to speak the truth in love. This is why you think you don't have anything to grow spiritually. When you go and advocate and they annoy you, you say, all is well. <laughs> I will not insult somebody here. <laughs> and then you realize, maybe I need to grow in my love. Maybe this one, I'm always angry with my siblings. I need to work on it. Because now, I'm going to go and embarrass the church. I'm about to do that right now. Praise the name of the Lord. Number two is what? Number two is what? Advocacy. Number three. Let me say something about advocacy. Do you know that? And there are people that do this thing, and I don't know why they do it. Some people, it doesn't matter how much others are talking about God, about their pastor, about their church, about, they will not contribute. They'll just keep quiet. You know those people that don't post on social media because, I mean, they're too mature to post on social media? I just don't know why they don't talk about God. They're like, everybody's doing this, so I'm not going to do it. You are wrong! He says, talk to everybody. Let me tell you something that you don't realize. Because you are not talking, the voice of those that are talking is low. 
There's, a, there's politics to this thing that we don't realize. Let me tell you something. As of 2020, the most populous religion in the world was Christianity. Do you know that? Christianity. It means we are not the minority. It means every idea, every trend, we can dictate it. We can cancel. We should be the ones causing cancel culture because we are majority. We have the loudest voice. But we don't talk. This is what Muslims have mastered. When you see a Muslim lady, she wears her religion like a cloth. She speaks her religion. She supports her ideology. When you talk with a Muslim guy, he talks and establishes and submits the claims of the Quran as if it's a cultural norm. When somebody does something that you think this should not be accepted in a civil society, you are speaking English, they will come and support. And you are like, you are educated though. See how you are talking. Advocacy. 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 Census has it that there were 2.3 billion Christians. 2.3. Islam, 1.9. Yet we look like we are powerless. That's a problem. Because you don't know how to open your mouth and talk. They will open their mouth and they will talk. Something can literally happen that no civilized society should accept and they'll shut you up. Am I saying the truth? Advocacy. We haven't learned it. So we have an edge. We have the numbers. But we are not advocates. We are just docile. So you're not talking. It's causing us hurt. This is why we are not effective. Those that are talking are not effective. Lend your voice. Are you hear what I'm saying? Lend your voice. Always lend your... Don't say somebody has said it already. Mm -mm. Le, you are in the comment section. You know what I'm saying. Somebody has done something terrible. Everybody is con condemning it. Then they begin to lend their voice after their voice. And now they drown your voice. Be ready as an advocate. Are you hear what I'm saying? Now I'm moving to the final point. Talk where people are listening. What did I say? Talk where people are exactly. Talk where people are listening. There's something that the older generation dislikes about, uh, dislike about millennials and Gen Zs. And it is that we are predominantly keyboard warriors. How many of you have heard the phrase before? Keyboard warriors. Exactly. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. They have a point. They have a point. But they're not absolutely right. They're sincere, but they're not absolutely right. You have to understand what generational shift is. And if you are a millennial and you don't understand generational shifts, you would think you would not like Gen Zs also, even though you are close to them. And that's the challenge that they have with keyboard warriors, meaning all we know how to do is post on social media. Now listen, I say talk where people are listening. How many of you, how many of you saw the news about coronavirus on social media, on, on CNN, before you knew there was coronavirus? How many of you, how many of you first saw that there was a lockdown in Kaduna on NTA or AIT before you agreed there was lockdown? So, where we get our news from now is social media, isn't it? That's where people are listening. That's where you should be talking. Are you hear what I'm saying? So, 
Whilst they have a problem with the fact that we are keyboard warriors, we think it's about social media. That's where people are listening. When something happens and they kill someone somewhere and burn someone to death, we know from social media. We didn't wait for 9, 8 p.m. to listen to news. Because nobody's listening there. Praise the name of the Lord. So what we should have what we should learn from the previous generation is their attitude, their doggedness, their temerity, that heart and boldness they have. We should learn the heart, the lion heart of the field warriors. They went out to evangelize. They did crusades in regions where they heard that they will kill you if you go there. You know that's what they did. Our parents' generation, that's what they did. Went to territories that they say, if you come in the name of the Lord, they will kill you. We should take their hearts and apply our skills. That's what we ought to do. Learn to be bold. We are too scared. They say they will kill them. They went. They say they will cancel you. They will block you and then you can't talk. Don't you realize the problem here? How do you think we got to 2.3 billion? Because people went to regions. Some of them died. You heard about the missionaries that came to Africa. Some died of malaria. They heard that there's a deadly disease. You can die if you go there. They went. They heard that the people will kill you and eat you. They went. They did unimaginable sacrifices. Some packed their load and camped in Africa and started evangelizing and spreading the word. You, because they will block you, you can't talk. There's a problem. Because they'll see you as Christian, pastor, you can't talk. Take the hearts of the field warriors and apply the skill of keyboard warriors. Praise the name of the Lord. That's what you ought to do. That's what you ought to do. Be bold. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If a politician can post something or tweet something and realize that he shouldn't have and delete it, you shouldn't have a problem with posting or tweeting something. Then when you realize that, ah, I didn't get it the way I should have written it, you delete it and put it again. Are you getting what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? So, your ignorance is not your defense. Do whatever. Listen, you don't want anybody. It's my timeline. I will post. And if I realize I didn't phrase it well, I can delete it and post again. Say the politician did for political correctness, Abi. Yeah, we can. We can. But don't be quiet. Talk on social media. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's where people are listening. Talk. Talk. Be that lady that is known for correct, clean Christian memes. Some of you even have an idea about someone as I'm giving this example, isn't it? Be that guy. See, it's nice that you re release quotes every day. But be that guy that gives inspiring scriptural advocacy quotes. Be notorious for, me, for it. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I've told you, you don't have to abandon your business to do this thing. There's intelligence in advocacy. Let me give you an example. And I'll tell you what I want to say. That you can focus on your career and in pushing your career, you will find a way to be an advocate. Let me give you an example. How many of you know Trevor Noah? All right. He does the Daily Show um, in, the, um, in the United States, isn't it? Trevor Noah is a guy. He's a South African comedian, right? But he advocates for black people. Do you know how? So here's what he does. He, let me just give background. So 
he gives the news, everyday news, right? Daily show. He gives the news. But because he's a comedian, he gives a comedy tweak to giving the news, right? So it's like, ah, I want to listen to news. And we don't like it because it's boring. So this is like fun news to listen to. But anytime they touch any black person, he takes it serious. He takes it serious. So he is being, doing his job, chasing his comedy career, yet being a black life advocate. You see what I'm saying? So it means it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. Never give yourself an excuse for not advocating for Christ. I hear what I'm saying? Whatever needs to be done, do it. They bring out flyers, flyer, just posts. No, that's a problem. You can't even say, I don't know what to post. Do you know how many sermons we have? There's always something. We work hard, record these videos, bring out snippets, just 30 seconds, one minute, post, no. Are you a repost? No. Talk where people are listening. The challenge is this. Listen, many of us think that if we don't hit the streets, we will not evangelize effectively. You are not correct. You are not correct. You are not correct. You've never seen anybody that walked up to you and said, would you like to be an atheist? I have reasons why I think you can be an atheist. They have facts. No, Never. But the population seems like it's increasing. Let me tell you something. <laughs> From census, there are 1.15 billion atheists. What it means is this. When you divide the number of Christians by half, we still have less atheists than half the number of Christians. But why does this look like atheism is everywhere? Because of advocacy. If half of the Christians in the world are talking... We won't still hear the voice of atheists. That's what I'm saying. Yet. But they are talking where people are listening. We are hitting the streets. And that's nice and noble. But people are not listening. People are not listening. So talk where people are listening. Lend your voice when there's any issue. When there's an issue, look at it from the scriptural perspective and lend your voice. We just don't know how to cooperate. That's the problem. If we say now, let's all post this thing by 5 p.m., some of you, as it's 4.49, just go offline. As it's 4.59, just go offline. We don't know how to cooperate. But you see atheists, you see LGBT, they wear it on their chest like a badge. Have you seen it? Nobody asks them. They'll just put it on their bio. What's on your own bio? Star girl. Eh? Soft boy. <laughs> Those that strive, go for him a good day. That is, I've worked hard. I've done enough for the gospel already. I'm in the image of God. That's all. Are you hear what I'm saying? Strive for advocacy. Talk where people are listening. Wear it on your chest like a badge. Be very intelligent. Craft posts. I hear what I'm saying. You have tripod stand, you have lights, you have iPhone, you have data. Yet nobody's hearing about Christ. And you are surprised that the wrong things are everywhere on the internet. You are surprised. Who do you think put it there? Who do you actually think uploads the wrong stuff? It's human beings like you and I that don't have more brain cells than you. That don't even have any zero supernatural advantage. There's no divine wisdom. There's no God is on their side. There's no the wisdom of God sponsoring you. 
They don't have a church that a pastor will come and preach to them and tell them you have to be an atheist. God doesn't exist and this and that and that. They will sit down and research and come up with stuff. Pay money and host a blog. Have a YouTube channel, push out content. And it's not their nine to five. Now you're a Christian. What are you doing to contribute to the narrative of Christianity in your day? That's the question. What are you doing? What are you going to do? We've agreed you are not doing anything. What are you going to do? Let me tell you what you should begin to do. Let me tell you. Pay attention. From today. I'm not telling you something we just do today and forget. I'm saying resolve in yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? From today. After every Sunday service, you must post. Whatever I hear, I will tell somebody. It's nice that you take pictures and they saw that you went to church and they're like, ah, ah, you went to church today. Ah, that's nice. Oh. Post. Talk. Open your mouth and talk. Set structure. Are you hear what I'm saying? Set a structure after Sunday service. Whatever I learn, I will put it out there. When I see any content from anybody in my church, I will repost. It's bad enough that you don't craft anything and post anything, but at least you can repost. When the flyer is out, I will push it online. Are you hear what I'm saying? When the videos are out, I will post them. On my account, people will know the truth. Rise up on your feet. We're going to pray. And we're going to talk to God. And say, this and this and this is what I will begin to do. That on my account, on my account, many will know.